Are the Oklahoma Sooners a nine-win team or better? Well, we'll see what College Football News had to say about that and give you our reactions to their Big 12 predictions on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. And welcome back to the Everyday Club. We're proud you're here. We're glad you're here. Again, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and let you and to let you know when new episodes drop. There it is, Josh. We got a, a schedule breakdown from College Football News. The guys over there do great work. Always throwing out the analysis. We're not sure who this is from. They didn't put their name by it, but it's an interesting take. Oklahoma Sooners scheduled to go nine and three or predicted to go nine and three this season with losses to Texas, Oklahoma State, and at BYU. Well, right off the cuff, I would say nine and three, that prediction is, uh, you know, I, I don't know that that's a bad prediction. I uh, don't know that necessarily if it plays out like this, especially given that it would mean you lose twice in the month of November, something that Oklahoma has recently coined, though it was under a previous regime, championship November. I mean, typically Oklahoma's it's they've prided itself on playing its best football at the end of the season. So the fact that two of your losses would come on the road Late, I don't, uh, I don't know if that would sit well with a bunch of people, or if uh, you know that leaves you with that positive momentum, maybe going into twenty twenty four nine and three though. Just in general, on the surface, John, I don't think is crazy. I mean, this was a six and seven football team a season ago. They've got plenty of question marks, whether it's wide receiver, if it's offensive line, if it's defense in general. We, we like what they did in the transfer portal, but we simply put, need to see what Oklahoma has gotten out of the transfer portal. Will uh, Desan McCullough, is he truly a star? Danny Stutzman, I feel like if he wasn't already a star, he's he's very, very close to that for Oklahoma. But can he take that next step? So there's legitimate questions. I get it. The secondary uh, struggled again for Oklahoma last season. Just about anything you could point to defensively, third down percentage defense, red zone defense. Every metric you would look at, probably you you wouldn't be totally pleased with. So I get the potholes that you could look and find with Oklahoma. I tend to be more optimistic than nine and three and six and three. And I definitely don't think one of Oklahoma's losses is at Oklahoma State. Not a bedlam thing for me. I just think, John, Oklahoma State is a team that I've sort of got earmarked like I did Iowa State last year. There were a lot of people that thought Iowa State was going to be really, really good. A season ago, and I was banging the drum right here on Locked On Sooners. No, Iowa State will be one of the worst teams in this conference. Lo and behold, I got one right. I don't get (laughs) many right, but I got that one right. And I feel the same way about Oklahoma State. I I just don't think that this is where one of Oklahoma's losses will be. Uh, If I had to pick other road losses, honestly, though it has not happened in the last 17 meetings, Oklahoma's won 17 in a row. I look at that trip to Kansas as potentially a little scary simply because of the offense and Jalen Daniels, but uh, nine and three, I don't know. Tough for me to say that 
this wouldn't be a step forward. And yet the fact that you lose a couple of games late, John, I don't know that everybody and one of them being Bedlam in maybe the last time that game is going to be played. Well, the last time that game is going to be played anytime in the foreseeable future, for sure. I don't think that that would sit well with a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm like you, I come at this with a, probably a, a glass half full, a pretty optimistic approach. And even still, I think nine and three is a reasonable record prediction, you know, going from six and seven, given the defensive deficiencies they had last year, given that you're having to replace guys like Marvin Mims, Eric Gray, Braden Willis, Anton Harrison, Wanye Morris, Chris Murray, all on offense. You got a lot of work to do. And, and the schedule is pretty favorable. Uh, your, your road trips, the ones that are the most difficult, obviously going to the Red River Showdown, that's never an easy task. But going to Cincinnati, I mean, it's a tough place to play, but what is Cincinnati going to be? Are they going to be a team that resembles the the team that was playing the college football playoff a couple years back? Probably not. Going to BYU late November, yeah, that's going to be tough, just more based on the environment. But again, down Jaron Hall, what what are they going to be? They kind of under underperformed last year. They were supposed to be the potentially the team that, took that next step out of the group of five to potentially contend for the college football playoff. And they didn't meet those expectations either. So yeah, it's tough for me to, to pinpoint exactly where all those three losses could come from. But I I do agree that that, that game against Kansas, that could be a tough one. Obviously Texas is going to be a coin flip every year as things stand. You probably take Texas and you make them the favorite uh, ahead of, ahead of where we're at now, looking at where things are now. And I don't think that's unreasonable to do. I hate it. Absolutely hate it, Josh, to think that Texas is going to be the favorite. But given what we've seen just in the last year, you can't but put anybody else but the favorite. But yeah, that game against Oklahoma State, going to Stillwater, it's going to be a hype environment. I just don't know if Oklahoma State's going to be very good. Uh, The quarterback situation, and we can delve more into this as we go into the second segment and just kind of talk about teams that we think they might have misplaced a little bit on on in their predictions but i just don't think the quarterback situation is an upgrade from what they had a year ago and they were not good in the second half of the season a year ago so you're telling me that they got worse at quarterback and they're gonna have a better record they're gonna go from seven and five and this was a team that i think they lost like five of their last six games or something like that had this terrible run to close the season including a 15 point loss to Oklahoma, you know, in a game where Oklahoma jumped out huge and then couldn't really do anything in the second half. Like they had a poor second half and Oklahoma state still couldn't catch up because they're just that bad. So I just don't see them jumping up from seven and five to a nine and three and beating Oklahoma. Like that's, that's a real, real bold prediction in in my opinion. Uh, But I do, I mean that BYU trip, that's going to be tough. You've never beaten BYU. So you have that sitting there in front of you. Is this going to be the time where you actually do? That could be one of those games that could make or break your trip to the Big 12 championship for the very last time. Uh, you know, yes, a lot of people are going to pinpoint the TCU game, but I'm not really seeing that one as a as a big threat either. Uh, and so, yeah, there's there are definitely stumbling blocks along the way. I don't think this team. I'm not sitting here saying this team is going to be perfect or is going to be a one loss team by any stretch, but it's it's one of those where it's like. The, the losses you pick, you could talk yourself into them, but you could probably also talk yourself into Oklahoma winning those games. The only one that, to me, looks like a game that I have a harder, I have a harder, a harder time talking myself into 
is the Red River Showdown. But again, strange things have happened in that game where it doesn't matter what the records are. It doesn't matter who's the favorite, what the talent level looks like. It's, it's a game where you toss all that out and you just go play on the field, except for in 2022 when just nothing went well for the Oklahoma Sooners. So yeah, there's a lot of really interesting things. And, you know, I, I think nine and three, it's better, but I don't know if that would necessarily satisfy Oklahoma Sooners fans, Josh. Well, Texas is definitely not 49 points better than Oklahoma. No, no, no. D- Dylan Gabriel back and the upgrades that we think we hope Oklahoma has made defensively. Oklahoma has closed the gap there. I don't think Texas is three scores better than Oklahoma or two scores better than Oklahoma. I don't think that there's a team in this league that there might be. Texas might be a score better than Oklahoma. They might be the better football team going into this season, though that remains to be seen. But to me, it's it's not unfeasible for Oklahoma to run this schedule. We haven't seen that in a long time, but I just don't see any immovable objects here for Oklahoma. Obviously, that has to correspond with some serious, serious internal growth, and I'm talking mostly defensively for Oklahoma, and then offensively, I'm talking mostly key situations that OU just wasn't good in big games or really across the board at times through conference games in some key moments. But I see all of that as a possibility out on the table. If you asked me to predict where I think Oklahoma ends up right now, John, I don't think that I can go any lower than 11 and one. Honestly, I would pick OU to lose the Texas game, but there's not another game on this schedule that I see Oklahoma losing right now. If Kansas state was on it, if you had that trip to Manhattan on it, I think you would be able to pretty easily talk me into 10 and two, which we can dive into this in a second. Just the overall perspective that college football news has in the big 12. I disagree with a lot of it, John. Yeah, same. And we'll get into that here in a second, just which teams we feel are better than what they predicted and some that are worse. But first, let me talk to you all about built bar. You know, that's my jam built.com. Great tasting protein bars, low calorie, low sugar, low carbohydrate, 17 grams of protein and great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. Mint brownie is one of my all-time favorites. You can go get them at built.com. You can also get them at Walmart, Sam's Club, and they've got great puff flavors as well, like the brownie batter puff, the churro puff. These are marshmallowy textured. They taste great. It's like having a dessert, but you know it's really good for you. You can use it for a pre-workout, post-workout, if you just need a meal replacement, or just a healthy snack. If you're just trying to get healthy, make healthier choices, put the candy bar down, grab you a Built Bar, go to Built.com. Again, use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your next order. I've been eating these things for years. Love them. Absolutely love them. Family loves them. Kids love them. People that we've talked to from the show, they love them as well. So go check it out. Built.com. Again, promo code LOCKED15. And Josh. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So in their predictions... They've got Texas 
winning the Big 12, or at least going to the Big 12 championship as the number one seed. We'll say that much. They don't do a postseason prediction. Prediction. Uh, they got them going uh, ten and two, eight and one in the conference. Their losses are to Alabama and the aforementioned Kansas State Wildcats. And that one, Kansas State is at home for the Texas Longhorns. So that's a really interesting uh, prediction there. Uh, but then they've got Oklahoma at nine and three, and Oklahoma State at nine and three. Given Oklahoma State, they're predicting to beat Oklahoma right there. That's your Big Twelve championship, according to College Football News. Beyond that, they've got Kansas State going seven and five. Uh, they've got uh, who are, who are some of the other notable ones? You know, Kansas at six and six. Uh, your newcomers aren't going to you know bode well. The best predictions they're getting is six and six. Baylor six and six. So there's not a lot of love for you know the middle of the pack or the back of the pack in the Big Twelve. TCU dropping back to seven and five. Texas Tech seven and five. So I think there's a lot of really interesting predictions in here that. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I I don't see it for a lot of them. Yeah, uh, Kansas State finishing seven and five and five and four in the Big Twelve. Uh, I I don't see that happening with with Howard at quarterback. I just I know that you lose and have to replace Deuce Vaughn, but uh, they brought in a nice little transfer running back. Not going to be Deuce Vaughn, but uh, Kansas State coach Kleiman. I just see them being one of the best teams in this league because I like the quarterback. In Howard, I think that that is going to remain very, very solid. One of the best in the Big 12 for K-State. I don't see them losing at Mizzou. Uh, I definitely don't see them losing back-to-back road games versus Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. I think they win both of those games. And until it's proven otherwise, I'm not picking K-State to lose a Sunflower Showdown. Okay? I'm not picking. I, I like I like KU as much as the next guy and really like Jalen Daniels. But, man, I got news for you. KU does not beat K-State in the Sunflower Showdown, and typically that game's not very close either. So knock on wood, sorry, Wildcat fans, to put that bad juju out there into the the atmosphere for you, but I just don't see it happening. So to me, they've got the K-State thing dead wrong. Uh, If I had to pick one team that I think I felt best about getting to the Big 12 championship game, I think it's K-State for me. It's not Texas. It's not Oklahoma. K-State makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're if you're talking to me about Will Howard a year ago, I, I think I even came on this show and talked about Will Howard and just said, you know, I wasn't real high on him. I didn't think that they were going to be able to maintain that same level of play once Adrian Martinez went down. And man, was I dead wrong. Like he became a completely different quarterback in his second year of significant playing time with the Wildcats and really showed out like he had Kansas state playing really, really good football, especially offense. I mean, obviously offensively, but he was doing it through the air as much as he was doing it with his legs. He might be the best quarterback in the big 12 going into 2023. I mean, we we're high on Dylan Gabriel. We think he's one of the best Quinn Ewers has an argument to be made as well, but Will Howard's right there in that discussion as one of the best quarterbacks in the big 12. And so I, I like Kansas State as well. The coaching staff is really, really good. They do a really good job of getting their guys ready to play. They they have great game plans for everybody. And so, yeah, to expect them to go, you know, back to back weeks, you know, at Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, and lose both those games to me is surprising. I would flip easily flip those two predictions uh, for Oklahoma State and uh, Kansas State, but I could even see Oklahoma State being a little bit lower. The one that's a little bit of surprise to me is Texas Tech. I think they're again a team on the rise. You know, will they be a Big Twelve title contender and you know go six and three, seven and two, eight and one? I'm not sure just yet. 
But with the way that they played against Oklahoma, the way they rallied after being down early in that game, it showed a lot of heart. Like it showed something that Joey McGuire is trying to instill in that program. And the way Tyler Shuck played, if he's healthy, I mean, he has an argument to be made as one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12 as well. So it's it's a I like them a little bit better than seven to five. Will I put them at like a 10 win team? Maybe not, but I could very easily see them nine wins, you know, and maybe have one of those games that's a coin flip, you know, go their way. You have to respect it because it's Mike Gundy. And believe it or not, Oklahoma fans, not against OU, but against everybody else, Mike Gundy's won a lot of Big 12 games yeah, over the last that's true. decade or so. Having said that, I think Oklahoma State's going to be, again, one of the worst teams in this conference. So to me, I could probably name five or six teams that I think are more likely to get into the Big 12 championship game over Oklahoma State. Uh I, I don't see I don't see a realistic possibility where they get there. I, I love my man Arlen Bruce coming over from the University of Iowa, wishing him great success. Really, anybody that transfers away from from Iowa's offense, I wish you nothing but success and happiness because you've you've gone through it here. You've suffered enough. Think, <laughs> you've you've suffered enough, my friends. But I don't think Arlen Bruce, to me, having watched him up close and personal a, a good bit last season, John, to me, that's not the transfer takeover wide receiver that you know others maybe uh nationally have gotten in years past i think he'll be good but he won't be one of these great oklahoma state wide receivers that we've we've seen oklahoma state have in years past so to me quarterback not crazy about it i don't know if the skill weapons are all that great for oklahoma state offensive line defensive line we could go up and down the roster i just don't think they're going to be very good i would tell you kansas state oklahoma texas Texas Tech, TCU, I like every single one of those teams better than Oklahoma State to get to the Big 12 championship game. Now, having said that, I kind of agree a little bit with what College Football News is saying. We've sat here and disagreed with a lot. College Football News, Pete Futek, if it's you, I'm sorry, my man. I know that you're trying to get the clicks or maybe this is genuinely how you feel. I'll give you one tip of the cap. I can see TCU taking that step back season. I don't know if it's quite as pronounced as they have it at seven and five, John, but uh, I do see that as a possibility here. I mean, we, we talked about it on the show weeks ago. TCU's defense was not very good last year. They were situ- situationally pretty good or better. And, but, but it was their offense. I mean, their offense just had the dog in them, you know, Max Duggan and Quentin Johnston and Kendra Miller, you know, and the defense played well enough for them to win games but it was the offense that carried him. Those three guys are about to get drafted here uh, at the end of April in the NFL draft. Quentin Johnson's going to be a first round pick. Kendra Miller, he'll be a top 100 pick. Max Duggan will get selected by somebody because of the heart and the fight that he showed and the improvement that he made from 2021 to 2022. So you lost a lot. And Chandler Morris, he's a solid quarterback. We just haven't seen enough of him as a starter to really think like, okay, he's going to be able to maintain that same level of play with Sonny Dykes. Maybe he can, maybe he can come in and have a great season. You know, they've got Jordan Hudson, the one time Oklahoma Sooners commit that is now going to probably be stepping into a more featured role there uh, at wide receiver. But is he going to be able to have the same level of impact that Quentin Johnson did that? That's, that's really hard. That's a really, those are really big shoes to fill. No pun intended. Well, maybe pun intended. I don't know. Uh, but definitely a big wingspan to fill because he's he's just such a great player. I mean, he's arguably the best wide receiver in the draft class. Uh, if you're 
really looking at just all the things that he brings to the table. He could be one of the best wide receivers that's drafted in this class. So I, I do think that TCU is going to take a step back and I'm not that finale for Oklahoma against the Horn Frogs. That's one of those that I've got marked down as a W for the Sooners, but I, I think they'll give some teams trouble, but I don't necessarily think like they're going to be a contender again uh, after the kind of the flash in the pan season they had a year ago. I mean, they were kind of the 2021 version of, or they were what Baylor was in 2021, right? Baylor all of a sudden just rose out of nowhere to prominence, skyrocketed, and then you know took a little bit of a dip back to earth. TCU is going to experience that same thing. So what do you make, Josh, of the, the new Big 12 entrance and the predictions there? I mean, they're not really looked upon very favorably. I think you're looking at the best record being a 7-5 and five, uh, for any of those teams. UCF, 6-6. Six and six. Uh, let's see. Cincinnati, I think was a six and six, uh, prediction BYU. I'm looking at six and six Houston, five and seven. So six and six was the top prediction, John, out of, uh, any of these teams, I would tell you that, uh, I just don't know Yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you about a lot of them. I, th- I think there's a lot of unknown here with these four and I'm guessing at least one of these four makes it to a seven and five, right? Just sort of by basic general, attrition and somebody's got to beat somebody in right. big 12 play. I don't know that there's, I, I don't think that college football news, John necessarily has it wrong in the sense that I don't know that there's an eight, nine win team among this bunch coming in. It's hard for me to feel confident that there is, mm-hmm. but I don't know that everybody's six and six or worse bad either. But again, I, maybe that's right on the money. Yeah. It's I think putting them where they're at, it, I think it just shows like, we'll see, you know, we're going to kind of set the floor here and be surprised. Uh, we know a little bit more about the Big 12 teams because they've played each other. They've played Power 5 competition. Now it's going to be a big step up. Some of these teams have played Power 5 competition, just not week to week. Uh, so very intriguing. You know, it, it's, you know, we're still ways out from, you know, these teams actually playing games and being on the field. But I feel really good about Oklahoma and the way that they're going to start the season in non-conference play. That first game against Cincinnati at Cincinnati is going to be huge. It's going to tell us a lot about what this team uh, is made of uh, going into the 2023 season, Josh. Uh, last couple things we want to touch on here. Women's gymnastics made it to the NCAA finals again, uh, looking for their sixth national championship under KJ Kindler. Uh, they've been to the national finals every year since she's been the head coach. Absolutely incredible run. Yeah, I mean that is remarkable. The and I know we're talking specifically women's gym here, but just the combined success and dominance of the two gymnastics programs at the University of Oklahoma. It's probably the least talked about piece of greatness at the University of Oklahoma. We should talk about it more, we should celebrate it more. And once again, KJ Kindler, I mean it's no surprise. This is uh, this is expected for this program, but it's one thing to be expected, and then another thing, obviously, to go out on uh, that type of stage and deliver time and time and time again. So it's, I mean, why wouldn't they go win another national championship? It's feels like they're the favorite. Yeah, and you know, a big, a big, opposite you know, big opponent or one of the big roadblocks big hurdles in their way ucla didn't make it to the the finals and so that's 
you know, it's going to be tough because you got LSU who's obviously a powerhouse and Florida and Utah who has rose to prominence. It's going to be a tough, you know, tough four to, to overcome, but we've seen this team do it over and over and over again, again, five national titles. Uh, and a lot of that in just recent memory, like they've, you know, the 2022 national champion, 2019, 2017, 2016, 2014. So they've got to run a dominance that rivals just about anybody across the country, including Oklahoma softball. Now, Patty's got one more national championship, but in the same time frame, if you're looking at since 2010, they've got the same amount of national championships. So it's a real, real interesting uh, top dog debate uh, for, for Oklahoma Sooners greatness, but it, it's just fun to watch. This weekend, the the finals will come, so make sure you're tuned in for that. It's going to be good, good times. You know, the the fascinating thing is you say going into this, given the way that it shakes out with the, the other three that are here, Utah, LSU, and Florida, and, and really just based on who Oklahoma is, de- defending champs, uh, the track record that K.J. Kindler, this program has, John, you say, okay, well, probably they should be the favorite. Well, Oh, by the way, they've beaten this season every single one of these three teams, Utah, LSU, and Florida. So K.J. Kindler, Oklahoma, they scheduled this way to prepare for this moment. And Oklahoma should feel, I mean, you got to go out and execute. You got to go be yourself. But uh, the Sooners should feel supremely confident, John. They have beaten everybody that's left. And now you just got to go do it again. Yep. I had such a blast watching it with my daughter tonight. My daughter takes gymnastics. She's like in beginning intermediate gymnastics right now. She's just seven. She's just getting started. But uh, we just had a really fun time just watching the girls do their work on, on the beam and on the floor. I mean, some of the UCLA performances on the floor were absolutely incredible. Just the way that they can jump. It's crazy to me how high they get on some of their, you know, double tucks and their back flips and stuff like that. It's absolutely crazy. And then we were watching Jordan Bowers on the beam and uh, she does you know, it's like a double back handspring into a, you know, no hand back flip and then pommels the beam. And my daughter's like, man, that looks like it would hurt. I was like, didn't look like it hurt to her. She just kept going like unaffected. And it was just awesome to watch. So congratulations. OU women's gym will be tuned in April 15th, 4 PM Eastern time. Make sure you're tuned in as well. Give them all the love, all the support. It's going to be a great weekend for Oklahoma Sooners athletics. Again, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners softball team is going to be up in Oxford, my or Oxford, Ohio for the Miami of Ohio tournament. That is never not going to get hard to say, uh, well, they'll play Oakland, Miami of Ohio and Louisville for three games this weekend. Uh, some non-conference action on their Big 12 bye week. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we're free and available on every podcast platform. Become part of that everyday club. Listen every single day. Make it your first listen on your way to work, in your car, at your office, when you're doing your, your spreadsheets. If you're doing the yard work, go ahead and turn it on. Keep it on. Locked On Sooners every single day. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref. I'm at John nine Williams and the show is at locked on Sooners. But until next time, have a great weekend. Boomer sooner.